Hi friends, this is JFET. Whether you're around the corner or across the world, welcome to The Daily Walk. I want you to take a moment today to pause in Jesus and see what new thing could take place in your life. At the end of this podcast, you can download our app, Boulder Church, or visit us online at boulder.church to connect. And remember, we would love to hear from you as we prepare for our messages every Saturday morning on The Daily Walk. Good morning. It's Sunday, July 8. I am so excited because today I am cycling through Glenwood Canyon and down from Vail Pass. Downhill and Glenwood Canyon, this is in Colorado. For those of you who don't know, it looks like something out of Lord of the Rings. Yeah. It's like where the fairies live. (laughs) Not the fairies, the elves. Sorry, pardon me. That's good. It's like where the elves live. Yeah, you don't get to do any of that. You have to stay That's good. I'm going to help the Sunshine Canyon race. Which oh, is the phenomenal. hill yeah, incline or hill yeah. climb. Yeah, absolutely, which yes. is phenomenal. And that so is a good we race. we're starting crack of dawn this morning, so it's going to be great as well. So it's good. Well, another Fair thing trade. to be excited about. Oh, wait. Before I get too excited, yes. you need to pray. Yes. Please. You want to say your name? Oh, my name is yeah. Becky de Oliveira, and this is Daily Walk. And I'm Jafer de Oliveira. And so let me pray. It's a, it's a great morning. As you see, we're really on top of all of this, but there's a lot mm. of stuff going on. <laughs> so let me pray. Heavenly Father, beginning of a new week, brilliant day today, lots of things going on, lots of things we're processing as well. I ask God for a blessing on today, blessing on the text, the new text, new passage. Uh, May we see new insight as well. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. And I like to surprise myself in the sense that I often don't know what the translation is going to be until I get here. And usually it's the same thing, but Dr. Mark Johnson has kind of mixed it up this time. So we are starting with... Da-da, drum roll. Uh-huh. The Complete Jewish Bible. Yes. Translation, that is the CJB. And I'm reading Romans 4, verses 13 through 25. And already just glancing at it, I can see some interesting variations. Yeah, Let's um, go. Okay. For the promise to Abraham, there we go, that's the first one. It's Abraham instead of Abraham and his seed, that he would inherit the world, did not come through legalism, but through the righteousness that trust produces. For if the heirs are produced by legalism, then trust is pointless and the promise worthless. For what law brings is punishment, but where there there is no law, there is also no violation. The reason the promise is based on trusting is so that it may come as God's free gift, a promise that can be relied on by all the seed, not only those who live within the framework of the Torah, but also those with the kind of trust Abraham had, Abraham Avenue, for all of us. This accords with the Tanakh, where it says, I have appointed you to be a father to many nations. Abraham is our father in God's sight because he trusted God as the one who gives life to the dead and calls non-existent things into existence. For he was past hope, yet in hope he trusted that he would indeed become a father to many nations in keeping with what he had been told. So many will your seed be. His trust did not waver when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old, or when he considered that Sarah's womb was dead too. He did not, by lack of trust, decide against God's promises. On the contrary, by trust he was given power as he gave glory to God, for he was fully convinced that what God had promised he could also accomplish. This is why it was credited to his account as righteousness. But the words, it was credited to his account, were not written for him only. They were written also for us, who will certainly have our accounts credited too, because we have trusted in him who raised Yeshua, our Lord, from the dead, Yeshua who was delivered over to death because of our offenses and raised to life in order to make us righteous. All right. All righty. All right. Great translation. I liked that. That was good. 
All right, here's our recalibrate question for the beginning of this week. And I really want to encourage you to read the daily walk for this week as well. Go to bowler.church forward slash daily. Oh, and just for warning, I could talk for like four hours on the subject of this question. Okay. I'm not going to, but. (laughs) All right, here we go. It's a good question. Do the words faith, trust, and belief mean different things to you? If so, does that complicate your understanding of what God desires from you? Uh, I'm going to repeat that one more time. Do the words faith, trust, and belief mean different things to you? And if so, does that complicate your understanding of what God desires from you? Well, we're told that we're supposed to have all three of these things at different points, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I do think that they mean slightly different things. All words have at least subtly different meanings. Although it's funny, if you look up these three words on the internet, Google, you find Every response has something to do with religion. They're not debated in a non-religious sense, which you'd kind of think that they would be because there are people who live life in a non-religious context. So it seems to me that it's only people of faith or belief or trust, I guess, who debate what the difference is between these words. And it was interesting because Dr. Johnson, Mark... um, gave this example about the guy pushing the wheelbarrow across the... Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Well, what I thought right away is that the very fact that you wouldn't get into the wheelbarrow... (laughs) Well, to me, it's two different things. Maybe I have faith that the guy can walk across again, but do I have faith that he can do it with a, say, 125-pound person in the wheelbarrow? That's a whole different thing. Then I'm asking to have faith in a different proposition to some extent. And the other thing would be, does having faith in something doesn't that kind of require that they have absolute power over everything? Like, I might think this guy is really great, but that's not to say that a waft of wind won't come along or that a bird won't fly into his head or that any number of things could happen that would make the whole thing. It doesn't matter how much I trust or believe in him. So I kind of think, well, a couple things. Faith and belief, I think, are usually words that people attach to kind of irrational ideas that they have that have no evidence. Hmm. So often people will say things like, well, you gotta have I don't have any reason for thinking this, but I just believe that right. vaccines are bad or, yeah. you know, and it's like, well, okay, you believe that. That's nice. It's kind of another way of saying that you have an opinion about something that you yeah. don't want to let go of and that you're not going to. And that no matter what evidence somebody presents to you, you are not going to change your yeah. mind. And I think trust is a little bit different. It feels a little bit more reason to me. Like you basically develop trust based on experience. Like you trust someone or an organization mm. or a you know, entity of some kind based on your interactions and what they have been like over time. I don't know. What do you so, think? Let's go back to that dictionary definition. I was just, as you were saying it, I was thinking to myself, I wonder if the reason why faith, trust, and belief all have religious connotations is because, you know, dictionaries were kind of created at Well, they the time all came religious... about in the 12th or 13th mm-hmm. century, all and the so three then of the words, and they have slightly different, yeah. A lot of religious, you know, power uh, at the time, a lot of religious influence at the time, and so that would have, like, shaped mm-hmm. uh, so much of the interpretation and the, the metaphors and the illustrations would have all been religious, the kind of nomenclature of the culture. So I wonder if that's lingered through because... Now, you know, like uh, on, on, I remember when Apple, a uh, little shout out for Apple computers, uh, but when Apple came up with their own little dictionary online, they had their own definitions of certain words and, uh, and they would then start to insert their own ideologies and their own uh, thoughts about what these words would mean and so on. And so you saw the culture come through inside this. So I wonder if that's part of what it actually means. Having said that, 
I kind of look at these three words and, and I see the thread and maybe it's because I do interchange these three words like faith, trust mm-hmm. and belief. And so maybe my perspective is much more along the fi- lines that I kind of like to interchange these. And then I asked, I, I thought as I read this question for the first time again today, thinking to myself, ah, oh, I wonder why I interchange these mm-hmm. and whether some of them are stronger, you know, like if I say I believe something, is it different to having faith in something? And I tend to feel like believing something feels much more concrete and having faith is a little bit, you know, like I don't have the evidence. And yet... Yeah, well, belief is just a stronger way of mm-hmm. stating your adherence to something that you still probably don't have any evidence for. Yeah. Because otherwise you wouldn't need to state a belief. Yes. You but don't I need actually, to believe in things that are evidently true. I love that they all could be swapped out in a sentence when you're talking about God. And I actually don't think they complicate my understanding of God. I think they actually kind of broaden my understanding of God. Well, my thing is the thing about what what does God desire from yeah, you? Yeah, it's good. I always I wonder, good. Okay, okay, here's me. I always think about what do things look like. Yeah. So, hey, here's me having faith mm-hmm. that my life is going to work out. And here's me not having faith. <laughs> yeah. Like, what else am I supposed to do? If I'm in a situation, if if I'm ill, dying of cancer, what is the difference between me lying in my bed with faith mm. and me lying in my bed without faith? Like, what choice do I have? It, it seems like just a kind of um, verbal assent it, that doesn't make any difference one way or the other. It can, it can be until you're in the moment. But what, you, what would I do differently well, if I'm like can't move? Well, for and me, I have faith, or I don't have faith. For me, when I when I went through my bout of cancer, I think for me, I think that it made a huge difference when I was lying there and just before surgery or before treatments, and just reflecting back on those moments and thinking about the fact that no matter what, I do believe that there's going to be something else. I do believe that no matter what the outcome is going to be, there is an alternative. There is hope. And I think that's what faith, trust, and belief did different when to me. When I see, I kind of think, why? It seems ridiculous to me to ask somebody to believe in anything. I kind of think, well, hmm. when it happens, then I'll believe it. And I guess that's a little bit like doubting Thomas, you know, show me and I'll believe it. But I've always had a lot of sympathy with him because well, I think, well, okay, why do I have to believe anything until I see the evidence? Yeah, yeah. Why do I have to do that? That doesn't seem... Like, why is that a thing? I think Thomas actually gets a really bad rap, and we always well, call him. The, we I always like call him the doubting Thomas. But just as a little side note, there. I mean, if you look at the story in John uh, eleven, when he's when Jesus turns around and says, "Hey, we're going to go forward," it's actually Thomas who says, "We should go forward," right? And then everybody gets to see Jesus, and Thomas is the one who doesn't get to see him. So Jesus turns around and said, "Well, then look here, see here, touch here, right, and do that kind of stuff." But the words actually are not really to Thomas; they're actually to us, saying, "Blessed are we for believing without seeing." Yeah. So I think we give Thomas a, a really hard time. Um, but but truth is that John is kind of pulling out a story really for us. Unfortunately, our time is up, and I think these are good thoughts that we need to pull through. I told through. you I could talk for. I know, hours but hey, this, this is going to come through all this week, though, so I this guess. is going to be good. There's so it's going to be good. Time. We will have time to do this. So, hey, today, think about this wherever you are, if you're on Veil Pass or somewhere else, and enjoying yourselves, uh, thinking about life, thinking about some of the hard things that you're dealing with in life. I know some of us are dealing with some very difficult things today. So I, I want to think about this. Do the words faith, trust, and belief mean different things to you? 
If so, does that complicate your understanding of what God, God desires from you? And I want to encourage you to look after each other and live love. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Daily Walk podcast today. Hey, if you remember, if you have any questions, reach out to us online at boulder.church. And if you can help support us, please feel free to give online at boulder.church forward slash give. Until next time, look after each other and live love.